I grew up in an idyllic setting in Portola Valley on the peninsula with three sisters and parents from Texas. My father had come to California to get his PhD at Stanford, and he never left, as he thought this computer thing, it just might take off. In my memory, and it feels like a weekly occurrence, when all of us would be together, either putzing around the house on the weekend, stuffed into our station wagon, going to the beach, or going out to a Sunday dinner. Invariably, my father would say the same thing every single week. He would look around, and then this slight smile would appear on his lips as he took in the satisfaction of that moment, and then he would say, this, this is an Auschwitz day. What did Auschwitz have to do with us having our own weekly Sunday dinner out? And when any of us would say, Dad, what are you talking about? He would explain that he first read this in Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, when Frankl would talk about life in Auschwitz. The prisoners, they would sit in their barracks and they would talk about what they missed the most. And it was never a vacation or a holiday or an event, but what they missed the most was normal, regular life. They missed going to restaurants. It took the trauma of having almost everything stripped away, except for the rags on their back and their breath, to realize that the best part of life was life. That's why every week, my sisters and I would be reminded during a seemingly normal, uneventful moment that it was, in fact, these moments that are the most important. It was moments in Auschwitz that enables us to appreciate Auschwitz moments. When one is in a period of trauma. It reframes life and it puts things into perspective. I've been thinking about the trauma that we are all going through right now and trying to figure out if it is indeed that. Is it trauma? Now, it's beyond obvious that we are nowhere in the realm of the Holocaust. But an Auschwitz day has never made more sense to me. The normal parts of life that I did not fully take in, that I didn't realize that I was in until they were gone, like dropping my kids at school, seeing my kids in a classroom with other kids, sitting at a restaurant, being on a plane, grandparents who no longer get to see their grandchildren or kiss them, being in services and hugging members of the community at the Oneg as we laughed together within a foot of each other and we didn't even think about it. I didn't appreciate opening the window before I checked purple air, before I couldn't open my window. I watch seemingly weekly as black people are suffocated and killed. And democracy apparently teeters on the edge as more barriers are created to keep people from voting. We all know that we are in a moment of national trauma and grief. But just how big and how deep it is, it really didn't hit me until one of my students said something to me this past year that I'd never heard before. And I asked the student if I could share it with you tonight because I think it illustrates the depth of this moment of time that we are in. What helped me understand the magnitude of this moment 
was not just that we couldn't breathe the air or that the sun didn't come out or seeing my B'nai Mitzvah students' reactions when they found out that something they'd been preparing for years could no longer happen. What shook me was a call which stopped me in my tracks because what I heard was something that I'd never heard before. My student woke up that morning and found out that their father had suddenly died. But it's what this student said to me that in my 30 years of being engaged in grief work, I had never heard before. The student got on the phone and then after a long pause said, 2020 has been terrible and now my dad is dead. I have never heard someone say and. Usually the people they say but. The death and the trauma of a loved one, it puts the world into perspective. The things we thought were big, they fade away into the distance from the mountains of grief surrounding us. Today was different. In this moment, while the mountain of grief for a lost parent, it was the biggest. It was now part of a collection of overwhelming traumas that stand so tall that they block out all of our light. And we cannot imagine ever getting to the other side. The foreboding challenges we face in our daily lives is something that we cannot ignore. And so when we ask ourselves, which we all have, how traumatic is this moment compared with other moments in history? I can tell you that I have never seen anything that has affected people like this year. This is real. This is painful. And if there is one thing that Judaism teaches for thousands of years is not to look away from the darkness. Do not deny the moment that we're in. Do not spend your time reminiscing how things used to be, nor dream of how it will be. We are taught to be here, right now, in the present, and fully step into the moment that we are in. Now, the first level is to be aware of those Auschwitz moments and to appreciate life for the sake of life. But that's only level one. What's different about this moment is that we have in front of us an unbelievable opportunity. And I'm not, I'm not saying that our traumatic times are an opportunity to find happiness or to find joy. Opportunity means there is a way to grow in this moment like no other moment we have ever had before. Now personally, when I come along the journey of life where I do not know where the map is gonna lead next, I reach back into our tradition to see what the wisdoms our ancestors left as a guide for us. And in the arc of Judaism, we have experienced traumatic times and lived in darkness that is much greater than today's. But in each of those moments, our ancestors, they did not avoid the present, but delved into their reality. And in the process, reaped a wisdom that created a deep aquifer that became the lifeblood for generations long after them. A sage who leaned into his misery, who leaned into his hell, was Viktor Frankl. 
a neurologist and psychiatrist who did not just survive the Holocaust, but he used his experience in death camps to grow. At the end of the war, when he returned to Vienna, he sat down and over a nine-day period wrote one of the most influential books of the 20th century, addressing the fundamental question he faced living in the trauma and the hell of beatings, of starvation, and being separated from his family in those concentration camps. And Frankel asked the question, are we more than the outside influences that affect us? The external, it was a fact. There was nothing that he could do about it. What Viktor Frankl could do, where our spiritual freedom lies and where it comes from, is in how we respond to that implacable external world. Suffering is a part of the human existence. Where our power comes from, where our purpose comes from, is in finding meaning in the suffering, meaning in the darkness. Now many of us, we just want to avoid the darkness. We might want to bury our heads in Netflix or other distractions, while others may reminisce about the happier, easier past, and they're just holding their breath until this current reality just passes. But I got to tell you, that's a waste. This moment that we are living through is an opportunity we will never have again. It may not be the opportunity that any of us wanted, but it's an opportunity which is once in a lifetime. Frankel implores, quote, it did not really matter what we, ex what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual." Unquote. That is our job. I'm not able to stand here on this Kol Nidre and give you the answer. But I can implore you to ask yourself the question, what is life asking you? Yom Kippur is the time of our deepest introspection. Each year we are being questioned by life, by its challenges, by the fears we invariably face, by the vulnerabilities we feel. Life is giving you an opportunity to choose the right action, and in that pursuit, life reveals the meaning of this moment. Nietzsche wrote, he who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. Our task is to find meaning in the moments in which we live. We each have a unique ability to answer the question that life is asking us. Now, some of us, we answer that question through our work by doing something significant. For example, when you see racism rear its ugly head, instead of just posting something on social media, see what you can do to move from being a passive not racist to an active anti-racist. Others find meaning through caring for others, reaching out to people 
who need help in these times and just let them know that they are not alone, that you're here for them. The rabbis, they say that when you visit a sick person, literally just showing up and letting that person know that they're not alone, that you are taking one-sixtieth of their sickness away. Meaning is found in being present with others. Meaning is found in having courage during these difficult and uncertain times. By being in the difficulty while keeping your eyes on the horizon towards how the world ought to be. When again are we going to be given the chance to talk and to dream about light when it feels like we're living in midnight? This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. On Kol Nidre, we examine how we are answering the questions that life is giving us. And so I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite stories. It's a story about a servant in King Solomon's kingdom. And the servant, he's got a big ego, and King Solomon knows he has to knock him down a notch. So King Solomon calls the servant in and says, listen, I need you to find me a ring. And it's not just any ring. It's a ring that if you're happy, it makes you sad. But if you're sad, it makes you happy. The servant goes, ah, I'll get it by tonight. So the servant goes to the best jewelers in Jerusalem, describes this ring that if you're happy, it makes you sad. But if you're sad, it makes you happy. And no one's heard of it. He spends a week all over Israel looking for the ring. No one's heard of it until he finally returns to Jerusalem on the last day, despondent, thinking he just can't do this. Until he sees a little tiny shop in the corner. He goes into the shop. He goes up to the jeweler and he explains to her, look, I'm, I'm looking for this ring. And she goes, I got it. And she pulls a ring out of the chest, hammers something into it and hands it to him. He walks up to the kingdom. He sees King Solomon dancing on the table. King Solomon goes, do you have my ring? He goes, I got something. And he hands him the ring and the smile on King Solomon's face fades. And on that ring, it says, Gam ze yavor. This too shall pass. In all of life, we are reminded of this. We're reminded, Gam ze yavor. At our highest moments, we say the Shechianu. We said it tonight. To be thankful for the moment that we are in. We're literally praising the one who has, quote, given us life. Because we know these moments are precious and fleeting. But it's also when we roam the mountains of grief and trauma that we must remember that such moments, too, are fleeting along this journey of life. My colleague, Rabbi Sidney Mintz, points out that Gamze Avor is the very best thing that can happen in COVID. But it is the worst thing that can happen to our lives. And both of these are happening simultaneously. It is one of the most intense tensions. COVID will pass. This terrible time will pass. But as the terrible passes, so with it goes the precious moments of our short lives. The reality of what we are doing on Yom Kippur is that we are rehearsing our own death. So it's in these moments which are our actual life. Moments, we are simultaneously reminded how little we want anything to yavol, to pass. So the question of each of us is what are you going to do with this precious moment? 
Because as Frankel says, life is questioning us. What will define your present and therefore determine your future is how you answer that question. And in the process, find your why. Yom Kippur is the day we let down our walls and open up ourselves to the question that life is giving us. Because before we know it, gam ze yavor, this too shall pass. This opportunity will be gone. And not just the opportunity of the darkness of these times, but the opportunity of breath and life. So don't waste it.